Well, good morning. It's good to be up in the winterless north. You doing all right? You guys are like growing. There's two new babies, but you, you've actually grown. I can, I can really tell. It's, it's, it's so good to be. Hey, just wearing the sponsor's product this morning, I, I got up this morning and I thought I should wear a t-shirt to church. Wouldn't be allowed to do it in Auckland, but you know. Hey, I, I really want to put a different spin on New Zealand and beyond for a little bit. See, there's something that God has been prophesying, and you've probably heard it, that God's going to do something, you know, there's going to be a spiritual awakening through New Zealand and beyond. And the truth is our nation, from Cape Reinga right down to the bluff, it needs God. It so needs God. And, and the truth is it's when people start gathering together and saying, hey, we're together about seeing not just our church do better, but we're about seeing the community change. And see, the heartbeat of New Zealand and beyond isn't a conference. Isn't, let's, it's not church unlimited conference. It's New Zealand and beyond. And it's amazing how many churches, not campuses from Church Unlimited are coming together, but churches from around the nation are going, hey, we're going to send our team of 20, of 30. We're going to get 50 people along. And I'm not making that. There's actually churches that have registered 50 people and say, hey, we want to be here because we know together we're going to see New Zealand and then the nations reached and changed. And I really want to say, you know, when we're together, I know you're here in this place and part of Church Unlimited because burning in your heart is we need to see the far north changed. We need to see God break out in Kaitai. And see, my hope is that when you come down to my part of the world and, and there's the family, the far now coming together, God's going to spark something in here. You know, this, is, this conference is about Kaitaia seeing revival. And the truth is, the more of you that can be there and catch it and run with it and come back here, the more God's going to break out and do something. And, and see, it's, this conference is about come and be blessed. This conference is about come and catch something and go back and, and let's bring change. So I just w- hope you're grabbing that. It's, it really isn't about, hey, come and come and be blessed as a church. This is about New Zealand. This is about Kaitaia. This is about the communities that you're from and saying, hey, we need God to break out. Is that right? We need God to break out? Yeah, I just, I just hope you're grabbing that. Okay, right. If you haven't registered, if there's any issues, if you need accommodation, we want to make it possible for this family to be able to come. So please come and talk to Pastor Ta- um, Pastor. Pastor Paul, come and talk to Pastor Paul and Sally Ann and, and say, hey, look, we want to go, but we need this. You know, we want to make it possible. You know, we want to remove every barrier. And it really is going to make a difference when a whole bunch of you are there. So if you can come, start booking out. I mean, March is going to be, I mean, it's Christmas like not next week, but like Christmas is really soon. We're already playing Christmas carols in the stores. I start getting twitched. Oh. I spent too long listening to Christmas Carol. Anyway, hey, it's good to be here. My name's Sam, and before I get started, you know, I just want to say that this is the one campus where my wife hasn't been able to get here yet, and literally it's simply because we've got two young kids, and I don't want to be left with them at home and for her to come, because uh, I don't know if they'll still be alive or I'll still be alive at the end of it, but today, uh, Jody, my wife, is song leading in the West Campus, uh, she's there this morning, but I just wanted to show you, so these are my two kids, Zach and, 
Emma, the, Zach's just turned five. What's the next photo? That's them there being monkeys. So this is Emma uh, in creche on a Sunday playing with um, one of her friends there, just having fun like our kids are out there. You know, our kids' programs are just fantastic right around the place. Then what's the next one? So Zach's just turned five. I can't believe it. He's at school. Like, before I know, he's going to be a teenager and wanting to drive a car. But Zach's just turned five. And, and this is what happened just after his birthday. So this is Zach going just before he was five to school. And so Zach's here. But, like, that's Emma up the front there. So they went for, like, you know, a couple of hours to try it out. And Emma was like, I want to go to school too. And so there she is up the front trying to be the teacher's pet already. She's not even... She wasn't even three in that photo. She's just loving it. So it's great to have a family that's part of the ministry. Today, both kids will be staying in, through both services down west doing Children's Church twice. They've cottoned on. If they go to both services, they know all the answers in the second service and get more lollies. So they've figured it out. So, you know, it works well. But, you know, family is just so important. Doing church, doing life with family is just so important. And I really really want to say, keep bringing your kids along every Sunday, you know, because what we put into them now, it will keep going through and it will really last. Well, I have to just commend some, some people and some things. You won't have heard about it, but I'm still trying to get my head around this. On Friday night, Fedor preached at uh, youth in here. There are a whole bunch of kids here, but 14 people responded to the Salvation Older Call. How amazing is that? How, I mean, that's here in this building, 14 people. I mean, that's amazing. That's so God, you know, and that's, that's what's happening here in Kaitai. That is truly amazing. I, I, every time I come up here, I get jealous of your worship team. You know, I tell you, every campus pastor, you know, they come up here, they see what's happening here. They're like, man, you guys are just so blessed. So all of you guys, you're doing a fantastic job just Oh, honestly, let's give it up for them. They put in so much effort and so much time into everything that's going on. And really do want to say, it's so good to see what God is doing here. The, the leadership team, Paul and Sally-Ann, Alan and Sue and Haley and Fetu and Raniera and all the other leaders and all the volunteers, together you guys are making some difference in this place. Not in here, in this community. And, you know, heaven's going to record things that are going on. And I really encourage you, you know, just just keep looking beyond. Now, I heard last week, you heard a, a great message. I heard this. A great message about changing wineskins, about the new wineskin. You know, new thinking, new skin, new new approach to things. I'm, I'm guessing I'm just you know, using some judgment here. But I really feel this morning, I want to kind of continue. It's probably going to be completely different but very similar in terms of a, a new thing, because I really believe we can't keep doing the same thing. You know, the, the thought of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting to get a different result. And I really feel God wants to, us to step into something fresh and something new. And when I was preparing this message, I really felt like, and the ladies are going to understand this, the guys are not going to understand this at all, but I felt like I was pregnant. Now, Jody and I aren't pregnant. We've got two kids, and that is enough. But I really felt pregnant in the spirit because I really felt God was really birthing something in me that I just needed to deliver and just really share to you guys today. So I want us all to stand to our feet, please. You're like, really? Yeah, guys, sorry. Sometimes we need to just disengage. I want all of us to close our eyes right across this room. 
I'm going to pray. Let's just tune in our, our ears, our, our voices to what God wants to do. Holy Spirit, right now, we do come here as a family. Lord, as far now. Lord, and we, we just tune, Lord, into your voice. God, we put aside every distraction, everything that's been going on in our weeks. Lord, anything that would stop us from hearing from you today. God, we focus and tune our ear into your voice. God, because we want to hear from you individually and personally this morning. Father, we come against every distraction. God, open our ears, open our hearts to what you want to say. Father, personally, individually, Lord, but also corporately this morning. God, we want to hear. God, we want to step forward. God, we want to be changed by you. God, even in this moment right now, Lord, breakthroughs that are needed. God, we know that you're here. God, and we release miracles right now. God, as we're looking into your word, God, I just pray, Lord, release your power in this place. God, increase our expectation. We know that nothing is impossible for you, Father, and we just, we just release your power. Father, we do ask. God, change lives, change situations, change families right now. God, those loved ones that aren't here, Lord, that should be here, that have been prayed for for years, God, we just pray, Lord, even through this message. God, nothing that I say, Lord, but what you do. Lord, you start changing relationships and circumstances. Father, we look to you with the expectation of faith right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said... God's here in this place. Why don't you take a seat? You know, I, I just sense we're, we're into something. Now, I have to be really honest with you. Some of you may not know this, but we are Pentecostals. Is that right? Okay, we've got three people. We are Pentecostals, which means we believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. We believe that God is real, and we believe that He can change things. We believe that He's with us all the time. Is that right? Yes, okay. So we're, we're on the same, we're kind of on the same page. The first thing I want to say this morning is don't miss out. You know that feeling when you, when you hear that somebody's having a birthday party or you hear that somebody's getting married and you hear that people are getting invited along and you haven't been invited yet and you feel like, oh, I'm not getting invited to that. You feel like, oh, what have I done to that person? You know, the other week I, was, um, I heard about a friend who just turned, was, he had just turned 40 and they're having a birthday party, and, and another friend of mine, he'd been invited, and he comes to me and goes, oh, are you going to this guy's birthday party? I said, no. And then I'm thinking, oh, what has Jody and I done? What have we done? We're not invited. Oh, have I offended them? Have I not talked to them for a while? Like, I was going through, I'm feeling like I'm missing out. I'm feeling, oh, we're not friends anymore. You know that feeling? Can anyone relate? You don't want to miss out, right? We, we know that feeling. Well, three days later, finally checked Facebook, and we were actually invited, but we're so bad on Facebook. It's just terrible. But, but we, we're invited, and like, oh, yay, I'm invited. But you know that feeling? Well, I want to say this morning, don't miss out. Because I really feel God is saying, hey, I've got something for you, and a number of us are missing out on what he's got. It's like he's given us this invitation, but we haven't realized that we've been invited. And this morning, I really clearly want to say, don't miss out on what God's got for you. Don't miss out on what he wants to do in your life and be doing in your life. So if we've got that thought, I want to tell you about my best friend this morning. I really felt in my spirit, I need to tell you about my best friend because that will really 
just unlock something new and fresh in your life. Who wants to hear about my best friend? You're like, okay, you do. Oh, that's good. At West, they didn't really want to hear about my best friend. But anyway, Aucklanders. We won't start on that. I claim I'm from the South Island. But I remember like it was yesterday. I was 12 years old. I was going along to a Christian school. And I'd heard about this person. I'd heard about this person, but I'd never met him. And I remember, like, I'd just been baptized and the Holy Ghost started speaking in tongues. I was on the spiritual high. But I'd never met this person before. And I was like, I really want to meet this person. And we were down in this chapel area in a Christian school. And we're singing, if you're old like me, you'd remember the song, As the Deer Pants for Water. You remember that song? Yeah. Some of you are old enough aren't nodding because you don't want to acknowledge your age. But, you know, you remember that song. And we're, we're singing. I was 12 years old. We're singing this song. And then all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, this girl walked in the room. No, it wasn't the girl. It wasn't Jodie. I hadn't met her yet. But the truth was, I, I knew Jodie when I was 14. I didn't talk to her until she was 19 because she was the daughter of the senior pastor. And you didn't want to go there. And I didn't want to have to talk to Pastor Tark. So anyway, but you've got to follow me. Anyway, so I was, I was 12 years old. I was singing as the deer. And not a girl walked in the room. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost turned up. But not the Holy Ghost in feeling, the Holy Ghost in a person. And I want to say this morning, my best friend is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has been with me since that day. I remember being 12 and, and just going, wow, I've, met, I've not met a force. I've met a person. And he's with me. And you're, like, you're looking at me like, Sam, you're talking, that doesn't sound right. No, it's, it's true. The Holy Ghost. He's a person, and we're going to look into that more. But, you know, that day, I, I met him. I met him personally, and I remember just being like, what do I do with this? How do I do this? And, and as I've been preparing this message, you start reading a, a, from different people, and I started asking David and Greta Peters, who were here a couple of weeks ago about it, and start looking into what John Bevere talked about, and all of a sudden they start explaining what I experienced when I was 12. And I want to say it's available to every one of us. A personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Not, not a presence, but a person. See, because that's what we got given on the day of Pentecost. Not the, just the ability to speak in tongues, but the ability to have the Holy Spirit with us every day. So the Holy Spirit turned up and it changed my life. I remember going down to a conference when I was 13, and this wasn't much later, in Christchurch. And not with my family. I was so hungry for the things of God. I went down there. And, and we don't have a stage here, but you've you got to imagine. I went down there, and I was staying with these guys who were part of the ministry team at this conference. And, and the front few rows all went up to start praying for people. And I was like the only guy left in these three rows. And I was looking around like, no one's here. And, you know, when you're young and 13, I was like, well, I know the, I know the Holy Ghost. So I walked up, and I, you know, I was little, walked up, and walked up on stage, and you imagine I'm on the stage, there's this really big guy, like really big, like big G, you know, he was like that guy, if you guys have, you know, he's six foot six, really big, and I just leant over on the edge of the stage and put my hand on his head, because we were about eye level being on the stage, I just started praying, I closed my eyes, and you know, because I didn't know what was going to happen, start praying, and then I feel like, oh, he's going... And he literally got slain in the spirit. This is when I was 13. And he went bang on the ground because, because no one was going to stand behind some 13-year-old praying. And then I quickly sunk off the stage. But why am I telling you that? Because when you start getting close to the Holy Ghost, he starts turning up. 
He starts turning up everywhere you go. And he starts doing things in your life. So I want to say, and I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And he's my best friend, but he can be your best friend. I want you to turn to the person next to him and tell, you, tell them he can be your best friend. Not like a Facebook friend, you know, like I've got, a, I just checked the other day, I've got about 1,100 and something Facebook friends. Not acquaintances, real friends. Friends you know, friends you spend time with, friends you talk about. And I think it's really important that we get this understanding. It's not about having this presence with you. Like some of us think about the Holy Ghost kind of like a force. And immediately some of us think about Star Wars. You know, may the force be with you. We're thinking about Luke. I'm your. You know what I'm talking about? We're thinking, oh, may the force be with you. No, no, it's not like that. The Holy Ghost is a person. The Holy Spirit is with you. It's not a force to just carry around. It's a presence. You know, what's really interesting is I would say that we have missed out on understanding the person of the Holy Spirit. See, we know more about Jesus, who was on earth for 33 years, than we know about the Holy Spirit who's been here for over 2,000 years, right? And you're like, yeah, it's true. And see, if you go down to um, the next slide here, John 16, verse 7, it's really important for us to understand this. You know, Jesus had to go. He had to leave. He had to go. You have a think about this. If Jesus was still here, because Jesus is God and can live for eternity, right? If Jesus was still on earth, where would he be? Come on, this is not a trick question. Where would he be? He'd be around Israel, right, somewhere? So if we wanted to go and see Jesus, what would we have to do? We'd have to jump on a plane. Good, you guys are getting with, okay. So we'd have to jump on a plane. We'd have to get to Israel. Then what would we have to do? We have to go and see Jesus as one of his 50 PAs and book in a time and probably wait like 40 years in line to finally get 30 seconds with Jesus, right? Because Jesus was a person in human form. But the Holy Spirit came, and where's the Holy Spirit? Everywhere. He's everywhere, and it's really important to understand that. See, Jesus had to go. John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. See, Jesus had to go so that we could have the Holy Spirit with us. So that we could have the person of the Holy Spirit with us all the time. And it's really important to understand this. Now, you're going, but how can you be talking about the person, the Holy Spirit? I can't see him. He's not a person. Let me explain it this way. Now, I've got a funny story around this, but I'm not going to go into the, the funny story because it's a little bit morbid, but you just, just have to understand. Who's been to a funeral and you've seen a body in a casket? Yeah, most of us. Is that a person in the casket or a body in a casket? It's a body, right? The person's gone. So it's not the body that makes somebody a person. It's their soul. It's their will. It's their intellect. That's what makes them a person. So let's have a look 
at this because the Bible talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He is like. So there's a whole lot of things up on the slide here, but the Holy Spirit is talked about, He's talked about somebody who has a mind. He's somebody who has a will, like we have a will. Romans 15 even shows he has the ability to have emotions, to love, to have those emotions. He comforts. He's called the comforter, right? The Holy Spirit speaks. In fact, he speaks very clearly, and probably many of us have heard his voice. He teaches. This is sounding like a person, right? Just because we don't see him in, in physical body. The Holy Spirit is a person and he's with us. And if we can grab this, it can change our lives. So we, we see he's a person. He can be grieved. He, Hebrews says he can be ins, insulted. What? The Holy Spirit can be insulted? That sounds like me. See, the Holy Spirit is there as a person. He is always part of us. And the important thing is to understand we can get to know him. He's not just here. We can actually get to know him. I, I was out mowing the lawns like many of us do. I was mowing the lawns about a week ago, and I was there pushing the lawnmower along. And all of a sudden, because I'd been thinking about this message, I went, that's right, the Holy Spirit's with me. You know, so I'm pushing the lawnmower along and having a chat to the Holy Spirit because he's actually there. See, for me, the, I've had so many times when you're just like you're out doing something, something that I like doing a bit is playing golf. Some of the things I really enjoy is going out to the golf course and you're out there by yourself, me and the Holy Spirit. And you can actually have a conversation. And you're thinking, Sam, you, you, you mean you're talking to yourself? No, the Holy Spirit's there. Just many of us haven't had our eyes open. We haven't understood that the Holy Spirit is always with us and he wants to talk to us. Last week I was, I was in the shower and I was, I was just pondering something that was kind of significant to Jody and I, but not, you guys wouldn't be that interested in it, but you know what, the Holy Spirit, he was interested, and I heard him speak to me about it, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's true, because that's the level that we can develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, is understanding that, you know, like I was saying, just going out the golf course, you know, it's quite fun, because, you know, you're, you're out there, and you're just really practicing, and when you do a bad shot, you almost get a sense that the Holy Spirit's laughing at you. No one else has seen it, but he's there because he's interested. And I'm going to talk about the fact that he, we can relate to him the way we would relate to him because he's a person. He's interested in what's going on. So I want you to all turn in your Bibles or on your iPads or whatever you've got to 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. This is like the scripture that I really want us to grab. So 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. Now, this is... The last verse in 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's leaving them with a prayer with his heart's desire for them. And this is what it says, if you've got it there. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's basically explaining the Trinity, the Godhead. You know, the three people, God, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's saying the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what do we think of when we think of Jesus? We think of the cross. We think that he died for our sins, so the grace is available to us, Right? Yeah, you're following me? And then he talks about the love of God. Because who's God? He's God the Father, like a father. He loves us. He's there for us. So Apostle Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. He's talking to us. He's saying, may the grace of Jesus be with you. May you know them. 
May you know that. May you know the love of God the Father. And then he says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You're looking at me like communion? What's, what's the Holy Spirit and bread and juice got to do with each other? They don't kind of link. Well, that's when you actually look into the word communion. And, and I did. I don't often do this, but I looked in the Greek and I said, what is that word communion? And it's up here, and I know you guys are really interested in this. So the Greek word for communion is koinonia. Can we all say that? Okay, you guys are better at that than me. Now, it's really important for us to grab this because it doesn't mean communion as in bread and juice. Koinonia means basically three things. It means fellowship, it means partnership, and it means intimacy. So I want us to look at that and go, okay, what does that really mean? So koinonia, first of all, talks about fellowship. So what Paul is talking about here, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost be with you. This is talking about companionship, like a friend being with you all the time. May you know the Holy Spirit as a friend, as a person, as somebody who's with you all the time. Somebody who you can talk to. Now, I'm sure that if you jump in the car and drive down to Auckland with somebody else with you, you're not going to jump in the car and have somebody else in the passenger seat turn up the music really loud and drive the whole way down and not say a word to that person. Would there be anyone who would do that? But yet, we do that all the time with the Holy Ghost. See, because the fellowship is there and it's available to us, but we don't even stop and say anything. We don't tell them what's going on. We don't tell them what's happening in our lives. And see, you'll be thinking, Sam, that's quite extreme. But I think this is the new wineskin of us understanding personally that all of us can know the Holy Spirit to that level. And see, right throughout the book of Acts, which is really interesting, they were having conversations all the time with the Holy Ghost. They were walking around all the place, and uh, Acts, uh, somewhere in my notes, says, from city to city, as they were going, they were hearing from the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't like they get to a point, they're walking along the road, and then all of a sudden the heaven opens wide, and this beam of light comes down, and you know the keyboard starts playing in the background, and, and then there's an audible God voice. No, the, the, it's not talking about that. It's, it's talking about as they were going, the Holy Ghost was talking to them. The Holy Spirit was talking because it was normal. It was natural. And if one of those disciples or apostles were here today, they'd be looking at us and going, what's wrong with you guys? They'll be looking going, you mean you don't know the Holy Ghost? You mean you don't talk to him all the time? Because that was normal. And yet what we've turned it into something really supernatural or out of the ordinary to hear from God, to really hear from that person, the Holy Spirit. But it was normal. What's really interesting in Acts 8 verse 26, we've got Philip. And it says, and Philip heard from an angel. It didn't say Philip met with an angel. Okay, this is really important. Philip didn't meet with an angel. Philip heard from an angel. Now, right throughout the Bible, we hear of places where angels come and visit them. But Philip says, I heard from an angel. And then in Acts 29, 8, verse 29, it then says, and then the Holy Spirit talked to me. Now, what I read from that is that Philip knew the voice and the person of the Holy Spirit so well that he knew 
when the Holy Spirit was talking to him or when an angel talked to him. He could differentiate the voices. Just like when we pick up the phone and we ring home or we ring somewhere and somebody answers the phone, you do, if you know them, you don't need to go, oh, hi, who is this? You know who it is just by them saying hi or whatever they say. You know straight away who it is. And see, that is what is available to us, to know the Holy Spirit so well we can tell when it's some wacky idea, some weird dream because we've ate too much pizza, or the Holy Ghost speaking, because we've got that relationship, and that is available to us. So Apostle Paul here is saying, hey, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always, that companionship, that intimacy. You know, it's just like for those of us who've got kids, if your children start crying, and there's a whole lot of kids around, you can tell when it's your kid because you're so used to hearing the crying. You can just tell. You just know it's your child crying because we're so used to that voice. Are you used to that voice? Do you know that voice? Then the second area of koinonia, so we've got fellowship. We've also got partnership. Just like team, being together, there's a partnership. There's a, a unity. There's a knowing. And you know, the longer you form a team, the more you play sports with somebody, the more you get to know how they operate. And see, the more time you spend with the Holy Ghost, the more time you understand how He works and you form the stronger team. And that's what the Bible's trying to say to us. Hey, may you know the Holy Spirit so well that you're a bit of a team. That when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're doing whatever, God starts moving and doing things because you're a team together. Who would like to be a team with the Holy Spirit? Well, you know what? It's available to all of us. We just have to understand. It's this new wine skin. I've got, ah, oh, it's available to me. Once I know that. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, We are fellow workers with God. We're together. We're working together. You know, when I was way back when I was 12, it was... It was so amazing. You didn't have enough, you weren't old enough to think about this too much, but it was like, oh, the Holy Spirit's with me. It was just a bit normal. And you didn't overthink it, and you were just together. You're a bit of a team. I look right throughout my schooling, and I don't know how I passed so many exams, but I do know that the Holy Spirit was always with me. He's always helping me study and bringing back, things back to my memory. Why? Because He was always there. And then the third area of Koinonia is intimacy. See, we can't just be friend, we, friends that can go to the next place where you're really intimate, where you're sharing your heart, where you know each other, where you know what's going on. You know, where we really get to that place where we really have an understanding, personal understanding. And I want to say, hey, it's available to all of us. You have to want it. James 4 verse 5 says, the Spirit yearns for us jealously. The Holy Spirit is jealous and He wants that relationship. Now, I'm just checking if I have that. Yeah, I do have that statement. Now, I want to stop and talk about Yongi Cho for a little bit. Who's heard of Yongi Cho? Massive church in Korea. There was a person that I heard about who had the opportunity to pick him up from an airport. And he had been told very clearly, don't talk to him. Don't say anything. Just have the sign out, I'm guessing. Find him. Open the door in the car. So they jumped in the car together. Of course, didn't say anything, right? But as soon as Yongi Cho jumped in the car, 
It was like all of a sudden the Holy Ghost turned up. It was like in his mind he said, well, God's just turned up in the car. And you're thinking, what are you saying, Yongi Cho? No, what I'm saying is Yongi Cho spent two hours a day, every day, praying, building his relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know when you spend time with people that you want to spend more time with them. If you get along, you spend more and more time together. Well, if you spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit, He's going to be with you, right? He's going to be there so evidently. And that's exactly what this person experienced. They got in the car and it's like, oh, the Holy Spirit turned up tangibly. Man, I would love to have people say, oh, something different's just happened. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's so close. And of course, this guy actually had to turn around to Yongi Cho and say, God's just turned up. And Yong Cho looked at him and said, yep, and that was all they said. But you get the point that when you spend time with the Holy Spirit, He's more intimate, He's closer, He's there the whole time. And you know, I want to say, don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on every day, whatever you're doing, wherever you go, home, family, work, fishing, whatever you're doing, riding motorbikes, anything you're doing, the Holy Ghost is interested and He wants to be with you. So, to wrap this all up, how do we do it? How do we develop that relationship with the Holy Ghost? Well, I've got eight things, and really, they're very simple things, and I just want to pass them by your, your thoughts. Maybe one's going to land on you, but more than anything, I want you to get the understanding we can have that relationship, which is basically point number one. Number one, realize that you can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Realize that He can be your best friend, and hopefully... We've gone some way in doing that. And if we do that, it'll change your life. But more than that, it'll change your family. More than that, it'll change your workplace. It'll change your community. Because as you have that friendship, he will be turning up. He'll be working through you. And we all want that, right? We want to see God turn up in our days. We want to see God come and change situations. So, so number one, realize that. Number two, you've got a hunger and thirst. For intimacy, uh, for intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I'm thirsty right now. But if you're thirsty for the Holy Spirit, He's going to come. If you want to build that relationship, you will experience that. And let me tell you, you want it. When you start experiencing it, you're going to want it more and more and more. It's available. Number three, Learn all you can about the Holy Spirit. The more you know about Him, the more you'll be able to understand Him. And you know, it's easy to go through the book of Acts and see what He does. It's easy to just study, learn, jump on the internet and go, how do I know the Holy Spirit more? And something will just jump out at you. You know, it requires that time. Now, number four is discover uniquely how you relate to the Holy Spirit. Now, I've talked about mowing the lawns. I've talked about in the shower, and I've talked about playing golf. Most of you are probably not going to hear from the Holy Spirit playing golf because you don't do that, and if you do it, you're going to be so angry trying to hit that stupid little white ball that you're not going to even want to listen. But we're all going to do it uniquely. Some people, they go out fishing, and when they go out fishing, it's like God's right there. and probably scares all the fish away, but there's that intimacy. And, and it, it can be however. Some people, they have to go and walk on the streets and they've got to have their earphones in. Other people, it's like they need to get in a quiet place and sit by themselves. And in that quiet place, they hear from God. But you, you uniquely have to find it. 
Then number five, you've got to pay attention to his voice. You've got to develop that awareness of the Holy Spirit. Know his voice. I'd love to be able to say I've heard from an angel. I couldn't tell you if I have or not. I just know when I'm hearing from God. But imagine that, getting to know the Holy Spirit's voice so clear that you know when it's the Holy Spirit or you know when it's something else. You know, that kind of level of understanding. But you've got to start tuning your ear to it. Number six, we've got to relate to the Holy Spirit in a natural way. You know, you don't have to get on your knees and clasp your hands. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. And the more you relate to Him as a person, as somebody who's with you, the greater you're going to start to experience that in your daily lives and start making it natural. All of it, first of all, it's going to seem really weird and like, whoa, the, Sam, you're bending my brain around this. But I tell you, when it starts becoming natural, it, it's like that book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Hey, He's there. The Holy Ghost is there. He's there with you at school. He's there where you're going. But it's got to be natural. Number seven, pray and ask for greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Ask for it. There's an interesting passage in Luke 11, you know, the ask, seek, knock passage. Well, the end of that verse, it's crazy what it says. Luke 11 verse 13. It says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will, will your heavenly Father not give you good gifts but the Bible says, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. I hadn't seen that before. What is the greatest gift that God's ever given us? Not the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift God ever gave us was Jesus. But the second greatest gift we ever got was the Holy Spirit, to be with us always. And God, being God, wants to pour it out to us. And number eight, really simply, spend time. You can't get to know somebody without spending time with them. you actually got to dedicate some time. you actually got to put time aside. Lincoln, this morning, when he's finished off worship, said, if you haven't spent time in the last week or two, well, if you're going to know the Holy Ghost, you've got to spend time. You're not going to develop a relationship by, hey, Holy Ghost, it's great to be your friend, and just keep going. You understand? You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. That's how it works. We actually have to develop it. So, you know how I talked about Yongi Cho before? He made this statement. I, I think this is something to really ponder. He said, I know the Holy Spirit, and this is really challenging me, I know the Holy Spirit better than I know my wife. Imagine being able to say, I know the Holy Spirit better than I know my best friend, better than I know my wife. I think that's like, Wow. You know, Alan and Sue, they've been married a few years. I think it's just over 10, just a little bit longer than. They know each other pretty well, right? Imagine being able to say, I know the Holy Spirit better. And then imagine what would start happening in your life if that was the case. Man, God would start turning up and doing crazy, amazing things all the time. Now, if I could have the band back, I, I want to finish with this thought. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 in the message translations says this. May the intimate 
friendship. You can see it on the screen there. May the intimate friendship of the Holy Ghost be with you always. I want to say this morning, every single one of you, don't miss out. doesn't matter how long you've been saved. doesn't matter what your background is. The Holy Spirit is available to you. I met Him first when I was 12. So it doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's available to every single one of us. May the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all every day. Man, I want that. Why don't we stand to our feet?